Yo, today's QOT is I can, I will, I must. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We've got Eric Thomas, also known as E.T., the hip-hop preacher, leading off the week. And he's going to share a very personal, inspiring story about the importance of getting an education and also helping young people to see the value of getting an education and going to school and finishing. we got to make education mean something. Eric Thomas, he's coming up. Let's get started. So what I wanted to share with you is why you are so important. Now, most of you heard my story, and you know I started um, homeless at 16. Um, I found out when I was 12, 13 years old uh, that my father who was raising me wasn't my biological father. My mother married when I was about five years old. I knew something was wrong, but I was still young. I, I, you know, I, I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew something was wrong. And so I knew something was wrong because I was one of the only kids in the neighborhood that had three grandmothers. <laughs> right, it, you, it, you'll catch up to it, it'll catch up to you. <laughs> I'll give you some time, right? Now, three grandmas on Christmas is great. Three grandmas' birthday, great, right? But one of these grandmas don't belong, right? And so I, I never said anything to my mom. Somewhere around 11, 12, I asked my mom and she said, you were right, son, that's not your father. She changed my birth certificate, changed my last name, just the whole nine. And so I was so disappointed in my mom. I felt like my whole life was a lie. And so I ran away from home at 12, off and on, and at 16, I left for good. So a lot of times I was in the classrooms and the teachers thought I was a class clown when I really wasn't a class clown, but I was trying to, I was trying to resolve. I was trying to deal with the fact that my mother who had punished me for lying, that my whole life was a lie, my own mother lied about it, and switched my birth certificate and my whole life to cover this lie. So I brought it to school, and I'm sorry, I'm not saying that was the best thing to do, but I brought it to school, I got counseling, I had private counselors, I, they put me through programs, and I just couldn't, I just, I, I couldn't deal with the anger of my mom lied. And then what made it so bad, I knew my biological family. I knew my grandma, my uncles, my aunts. I just thought my father, when I would see him, was a friend of the family. So it was so complex that finally at 16, I left home. Ran away from home, of course, left school. And I remember going to church. I didn't grow up in church. I started going to church, and I remember the pastor said to me, young man, if you have any dreams, any goals, if you don't want to go to jail, if you don't want to die at an early age, you have to get your GED and go to college. Now, listen to me very closely. My grandma had 14 kids. Out of the 14, only three finished high school, and nobody went to college. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Culturally, college is not important. Why? It does not make sense to go to college. Whether you finish high school or not, you're only going to land up at the plant for GM or Chrysler. So culturally, I never took school serious. 
And so this man said to me, he said to me when I was probably 17 years old, look, every single week, did you get your GED? And I would say, no, I didn't get my GED. He'd ask me the next week, did you get your GED? As soon as you get your GED, I'm sending you out of Detroit. I'm sending you to college. I said, sir, no disrespect, but my family does not do college. My mama barely finished high school. She got pregnant with me her senior year in high school. My grandma didn't go to school. My uncles didn't fit. We don't do school. He said, I don't care what your family does or does not do. You have a gift. You have an anointing on your life, young man. And let me tell you something. I couldn't spell, I couldn't spell anointing. <laughs> and neither did I know what it meant. But listen to me very closely. I want you to understand, as an educator, he did something for me. He gave me an aim that I never had before. My whole life, I remember I was five years old and my mom dropped me off at school and I cried. And she said, when I pick you up, son, I promise you, you're not going to be crying. You're going to have so much fun. My mom picked me up that day I was crying. She picked me up a week later and I was crying. When I dropped out of high school, I'm just going to be honest with you. There was never a day out of the 180 days where I was like, I woke up and was like, yes, math. Woo! <laughs> Let's go. We got to standardize test. Woo! This is what I always dreamed of. Somebody bring me my own personalized number two pencil. <laughs> Scantron sheet. Oh, let's go. I promise you, there was no... I dropped out of high school and I never, I never looked back. But this man said to me, you have a gift. Dr. Pastor Willis died about four months ago of stomach cancer. He was an army man. Every week he would see me, he would keep pressing me. Listen to me very closely. One of the challenges that I have with school is that we push them and push them and push them and push them, but we don't make the connection between school and their lives. We keep talking about standardized tests. Listen to me very closely. You benefit if they do well. They don't. You talk about grades. They don't see it. Their mom didn't go to school. Their dad didn't go to school. They don't really see the connection. They don't see the value. They don't see the worth. And I'm saying before we teach them how to read, before we teach them ge uh, geometry, before we teach them trigonometry, before we teach them the eight parts of speech, we have to get them to understand the value. Why do you come here every day? Why are you here? Why do you need to learn to, listen to me. I tell all my kindergartners, no, I'm not playing. One of the challenges I have with the school system is we do all this research, all these statistics, all this data analysis, and we never show the kids. I show my kindergartners, my first graders, my second graders, my third graders, my fourth graders. When I do a presentation, I show them the stats that says, by the third grade, we know if you're going to jail or not. All my kindergartners, first graders, third grade, this is not a joke. They're building prisons right now. And based on your test scores, they know who's coming. So you need to understand, these stats are not for me. I'm 48 years old. These stats say absolutely nothing for me. But these stats say everything about you. If you do not want to go to jail, you better start reading right now. And we're going to talk about why some of you didn't clap when I said that. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I get it. I, I had a Michigan graduate. She was a female teacher in an urban school uh, in the Midwest. And I'll never forget 
uh, this is a very poor school and they didn't have books. And I promise you, she would not give them homework. She would, she would make copies of the book and they would do it in class. And I asked her, why aren't you giving them homework? And she began to tell me all the challenges that I, they have. They don't have money for books. They don't have fathers. Their mothers aren't educated. I said, and that's the exact same reason why they need to be doing homework. That's why you can't let them off the hook. That's why you can't baby them. That's why you can't coddle them. You can't coddle them because they're already behind. The last thing they need to do is take a break. They need to grind because they don't have their mom. They don't have their dad. You need to push them, not coddle them. So first graders, they say you're going to jail if you don't read. First graders, I need you to do me a favor. Pull out, pull, pull out the scores and tell me what grade level you're on. If you're not on second, third, or fourth, you're in trouble. I bet you when I leave, they're ready to read. And so what my pastor did for me was he gave me an aim. He said, you have an anointing. You have a gift. And every time I get on stage, I think to myself, I was homeless, living in abandoned buildings, eating out of trash cans, coming to church, smelling, because I didn't have a shower. And he saw this before I saw it. And every day when I would wake up, I never told him, but I would wake up and dream of being what he said I would be one day. If you ever been to an African-American church outside the pastor, is a first lady, and the first lady is powerful. And so in six months, he put the first lady on me. <laughs> and he was an army man, so he was very good. Did you get your GT? I'm like, sir, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not trying to be funny, but you're not scaring me. My, my own father not in my life. But when he put his wife on me, she used to give me a hug. She never called me by my name. She called me baby. Baby? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, did you get your GED? I said, no, ma'am. She gave me a kiss. I love you. Go get your GED. He gave me an aim, a personal aim. When they come to school, they don't need our aim, the state's aim, the federal government's aim. They don't need our state. Look, when they come in, what they need first is why are you here? What is this going to do for you? And I tell every kid in the urban community, how many of you wish you could move your mama out of the neighborhood she's in right now? How many of you, if you could give your mama a Bentley, how long would it last in your driveway? If you bought a $10,000 television, how long would it last in your home? If you are tired of your mama living in that environment, I need you to kill school. I need you to get a high ACT, a high SAT. I need you to go to Harvard, Yale, Brown, Princeton. I need, I need you to go to school and get a degree so you can come back and move your mom out the hood. I give him a personal aim. And then I love it. He gave me a daily focus. Go get your GED. Hey, look, I can't explain it, but his life would happen. As I started getting serious, a young lady in the church and I started dating. And I'll never forget, I was a year older, dropped out of school, and I remember she came to me. He gave me a, gave me a daily schedule, a daily task, daily responsibilities. Life had meaning. I remember the young lady from the church came up to me, and she said, I heard, I heard, I heard. You're supposed to be studying for your GED. <laughs> we have been dating for a while. She said, do you love me? I said, what do you mean, do I love you? She said, no, do you love me? I said, yeah, I love you. She said, I just got my acceptance letter to college. If you don't come with me, I'm breaking up with you. 
Yep. Yep, and she's in the back. We've been married 29 years. L listen to me very closely. Listen to me very closely. I, I went to night school after the, co the conversation with the pastor, the first lady, and my girlfriend. Once she said, I'm going to college and I'm not going, look, I may, I, may, I may be what teachers say, dumb, but I ain't stupid. <laughs> I might, according to the standardized test, I was dumb, but I'm not stupid. I used to watch a different world. <laughs> and I knew if I sent that pretty young thing to college for four years, 700 miles away, that she wasn't coming back single looking for a high school dropout. And so I went and studied and passed the GED on the first go-round and listened to me. <laughs> you have to hear me as the educators. You got to hear me. Somebody gave education meaning, and the same kid that couldn't stand school now had a reason for graduating. And from that GED, you read the bio, a four-year de degree, a master's degree, and a PhD. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So listen to me very closely. It's not that I'm dumb and I can't do it. Good. It's not that I'm dumb and can't do it. You know what it was? I never had meaning. And so I need you to do me a favor. When you go back, I need you to give them meaning for being in the classroom. Not school meaning, personal meaning. That this could change your mama's life. This could change your brother's life and your sister's life. This could change the trajectory of your family. And so as I leave, when I got my degree at Michigan State University, my son graduated from Michigan State two years ago. My daughter's a senior at Michigan State University. So I'm a high school dropout. My father was a high school dropout. My great-grandfather my grandfather was a high school dropout. But because some educator helped change my life and helped me to learn how to read and write and do critical thinking and analysis, reading and comprehension. I was able not only to change my life, I was able to change the world. So do me a huge favor. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? And when you go back, I need you to want it as bad as you want to breathe because if you want it that bad, as a professional, I guarantee you can convince the kids to want it as badly as you want it. I think that's my time. I love you guys so much. Go back. Let's hit it again. I can. I will. I must. I can. I will. I must. Come on. I can. I will. I must. Come on. Give me some energy. That was Eric Thomas. His website is etinspires.com. You can watch today's talk on YouTube. It is called Eric Thomas, E.T., The Hip Hop Preacher, live at Q2019. All right, my friend, enjoy your Monday. I will see you tomorrow. Hey, go to the merch store at seancroxon.com slash merch and pick up your tees, your hoodies, your sweaters, your stickers, your notebooks. We got all kind of stuff over at the merch store. Again, that is seancroxon.com slash merch. Also, episode number four of my solo podcast, Mindset Coach, drops today. So check that out as well. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.